Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. And we are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, Always Almost There Live. I'm Ryan. I'm Neil. We're here. Um, we, it's just the two of us today. Um, the other three guys are busy with work and other life stuff, uh, if you will. But we are here. We are very excited uh, to get going on our uh, post-summer jam check-in or pre-fall jam check-in, if you will. We're, I think we're definitely closer to fall tour than we are uh, summer tour right now. But Neil, how have you been the past couple of weeks? It's been... It's been a bit since we did one of these. Yeah, there's no goose right now. Um, so all I do is listen to a radio every day. Uh, <laughs> That's valid. Yeah, just just on repeat all day, every day. Uh, Beverly, which I was at, uh, it's actually my kid's first show. And uh, also um, Westport, which is an amazing show. I can't get enough of either of them. It's, it's the acoustic drip field with... Jeff's bow work is just really, really spectacular stuff. Yeah, and I can't get enough dim lights, and Goose hasn't played dim lights yet, so now I have no choice but to listen to a Rainbow all the time. So Seems reasonable. Yeah. Well, I do uh, want to highlight uh, that today's episode of Always Almost There Live um, is sponsored by Evergio Wellness. Um, Evergio Functional Mushrooms are here to help right now, whether you are gearing up for a show going to sleep afterwards, or recovering and restoring the day after. With a, ride, with a wide range of health benefits, Avergio mushrooms help you make the most out of the moment through the ancient healing properties in their highly potent fruiting bodies. The organic certified therapeutic potency and their planet-positive refill system are two of the many standout reasons that Avergio is my choice supplement. Be clear, chill, balanced, energized, protected, focused, and calm in the moment with Avergio mushrooms. Use code STORMSOUND15 for 15% off your order, and it ships anywhere in the U.S. or Canada. Exciting stuff. So, without further ado, are you ready to get into some of 
our favorite jams of the year. Oh, absolutely. Let's do it. So Neil and I both have our top tens here. Um, we are going to count down from 10. Um, you know, our lists are very similar, but there are some minor differences. So coming in at number 10 for me, I've got the drive from March 1st in Washington, DC. Um, you know, really, really, really love this jam. Lots of, you know, tension and darkness in this one. Uh, Peter in the middle of it switches from guitar to vintage vibe to add a little bit of nice check textural work, but it's just a really, really phenomenal jam. Neil, what do you have at number 10? Uh, number 10, I have Pittsburgh, um, oh. which was the stage AE Pittsburgh, uh, February 12th, 2022. Uh, spectacular Redbird. Uh, I, I can't say enough about this jam. It's actually been a while since I've listened to this one. Um, but I, I mean, as far as versions of this song go, they're, I have a ton really high in my list, but this one I, I think is like kind of head and shoulders above, above the others. Yeah, for sure. It's without a doubt the goat Redbird, I think. Um, yep. Do you have the DC drive in your top 10 or is it? Did it it's 11. Outside for you? It's 11 for you. Yeah. It got it got bumped. I, I moved some stuff around, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, I really like that drive. I think I was talking about that drive a lot the other day on Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's spectacular and like also amazing that it comes. What was it? Second song, second song of the show after the Liza Jane opener. Yeah, I mean, like what a jam to to have right off the bat. Uh, yeah, absolutely outrageous jam and a show full of outrageous jams. It's a great show. I don't know if you know, but I was there and I really had a good time. Yeah. I think everybody knows. <laughs> uh, number nine for me, I have the Pittsburgh. Uh, you have it number 10. Um, yep. Yeah, just fantastic. Really long build on that one. Trevor's envelope filter, just absolutely phenomenal. Really amazing stuff. Um, I love it. It's great. What do you have at nine? Uh, number nine, I have Legend Valley Creatures. Oh, uh, yes. It's a bit of a controversial pick. Some that people believe... Lands a little bit outside my top 10, but it's still up there. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it deserves it. And I, I think the criticisms of this jam are that there's only a small section of that creatures that is like truly interesting. Yeah. And to me, that truly interesting section of that creatures is maybe some of the most spectacular few minutes of music they've ever played. Uh, it's, it is a jam that you can hear like from its Genesis, from just a few moments of notes that turns into something truly beautiful, which if you like improv, uh, I don't know how that doesn't absolutely knock your socks off. Um, you can actually hear that jam come together piece by piece. Uh, and it all starts with just like a little piano lick um, and turns into this, you know, this wave of sound. And it's just, it's amazing. And it has to be in my top 10, but like, I hear those criticisms that it's, yeah. you know, maybe not that like much, you know, it's like a whole bunch of creatures we've heard and then a very small section of, you know, what we would consider like, you know, good improv. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you need to get through the, you know, that longer segment of the standard jamming to get to the really good stuff, right. which we see in this, in this case. Um, if you're watching and you would like to share some of your favorite jams in the year or opinions on the jams that we are talking about, please feel free to do so in the chat. We love hearing other people's opinions. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ryan's not here. Uh, exactly. to tell us that all of our opinions are wrong. So somebody's got to do it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Your opinions are valid today because we don't have Brian. I don't know if you can jump in chat, I guess, and tell us what <laughs> But um, Also, if, if anyone notices, uh, Neil is sporting uh, his new Garboose shirt. Oh, the Garboose. Um, yeah. As seen is. on Dick's Lot. 
Um, it's a great shirt. It's just truly spectacular. It's the best Coming and worst in, shirt ever made. Uh, and I love it. Without a note. <laughs> yep. Coming in at number eight, uh, for me, I've got the Bozeman All I Need from February 7th. Um, I think, you know, this is easily the second best All I Need of the year to me. Um, as, as I've said before, this jam feels like a throwback to the big 2019 All I Needs, but with the maturity in jamming of 2022 Goose. Really, really phenomenal stuff. Just relentless jamming. The second jam, you know, gets into some Ghostbusters teases late in. Um, and a great segue into Doc Brown. Just really phenomenal 26 minutes of Goose. Yeah, and that one has like a little lick in it too. I think we talked about this in the podcast in the past where, uh, yes, they're all correct. I love it. Um, where there's like a thing that even almost sounds like a little bit like Jessica for a moment, and then they kind of ride on that lick for a minute and walk away from it. And I think that's a really cool little section because it's not the kind of thing that they typically do. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's 26 minutes of all I need like which you can't go wrong there uh i have and like i think this is bumped lower like a lot lower than you have it i have uh the wonder ballroom echo over rose february 3rd uh, in that spot i that this one the second I, one to specify yeah the second one which you know I, I think we were actually talking about that in chat when it went down all thinking all the way back to february now which is seven months ago where i was like i, I listened to the wonder ballroom echo over rose and i didn't think it was that good and everybody's like you're out of your mind and i was like and then I heard the second one. Yeah, you were the wrong one. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, you know, that one is like the, the early part of the year kind of classic jam where there's just kind of all kinds of hell breaking loose uh, yeah. and it's total chaos, sirens. Uh, Trevor. You know, and Trevor doing the kind of that plotting baseline, which shows up in a lot of different jams mm-hmm. in this part of the year and then again a little bit later too, uh, but not so much in the summer. Um, as it was in the the winter and then approaching the summer, at least in my opinion. I'm interested to see if, you know, in the fall, we see a return of more of those darker themes that maybe playing outside, you know, lends itself to brighter jamming um, in a lot of cases. But yeah, I I think I I really hope to see Trevor, you know, stepping back into more of a lead role this fall. I mean, his plan's been great. Mm -hmm. It's been absolutely great. Number seven, a jam I feel like everybody knows is the best and talks about it sometimes, but not enough. The Nashville Pancakes. Um, it's long and it's so good. Like I, I always look at it and I'm like, oh yeah, this is almost 27 minutes long. Like, you know, it was in the coming in the first set of uh, the first night of Nashville. Like just a really, really incredible jam. Again, more of this, you know, winter tour darkness uh that we were getting so much of and yeah so good that's uh that's i have like i have that pancakes way higher than you and i thought like i slotted that pancakes low uh <laughs> i think that that's one of the best jams they've done this year i, I really do it's it's so creative and, and so different um you know I, I think to use the term darkness like i don't i don't know if it applies to i, I don't know it it this just has like so many cool, unique sections that are like um, a, a lot like why I like the the creatures from Legend Valley, which it, it's almost like music that sounds composed uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to just, you know, a bunch of guys kind of ripping notes off and then occasionally coalescing into like some kind of beautiful sound. This one feels very cohesive uh, all the way throughout and everybody seems kind of locked in. I don't know, that's the best way I can describe it. But it's I'm a really big fan really of that. Really fantastic. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's really good. And like, you know, pancakes in general is always good. Every yeah. time they play pancakes, even like weak versions of pancakes, we're like, you know, you could think about maybe Radio City Pancakes, which is on the short side, but like that pancakes is awesome. Um, so it's, it's hard to differentiate, you know, versions of, of pancakes. I think folks were talking about this on Twitter just yesterday, but uh, this one, yeah, is top amazing. of the stack. It is the top of the stack. I don't think there's any debate there. Followed by DC, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but that's a discussion for another time. Coming in at number six on my list, uh, the Portland Echo, which you meant. Oh, wait. What did you have at number seven? Um, oh, what do we have at number? What do I have at seven? Uh, this old C. The Bozeman, this old C. This the one Bozeman, I think is old like C. 12 on my list. Uh, yeah, this one I feel like is like a controversial pick uh, for that spot. But I mean, it's just over 23 minutes of this old C. Uh, it has, again, a lot of those like those themes that you see in the early part of 2022. Um, yeah. <laughs> the churn. Uh, churn. Yeah. And then just the, the, the weirdness and, and yeah. I don't, yeah. Weirdness, not darkness. Um, and then you get like a little bit of Trevor plotting baselines. You get Peter calling the cops, I think in this one. And, Peter, and it's Peter's all the star of that jam for me. Yeah. And it's all in this old seat. Yeah. Which is like the crazy part. Peter does some really cool stuff in that jam mm -hmm. um, to accent Rick. That like I was listening to that one today actually before we recorded in, man it's so cool. Uh, <laughs> they they really get in this this one spot where Peter's like right behind Rick's lips, um, and it just it just sounds so good, so good. Really amazing. Um, yeah. So then at number six for me I've got that Portland Echo. Uh, yeah. We just talked about. And then um, I've it's got really that, that moment. Yeah. That moment Go. around the eleven minute mark or so when it kind of fades after the initial peak and then Trevor you know, keeps the jam going with that, like, really low bass. That's that's the moment. It's it's really good, as we talked about. You said that's where you have the Nashville pancakes? Yeah. And, like, I, th that echo, I don't know. That, I think that at one point when we were doing our playlist early on, that was my number one or number two uh, mm. of the year. And I just keep bumping it down just because it is so much in the vein of – like that early 2022 sound and like a lot of those start to sound similar to me that mm -hmm. I needed to kind of differentiate and get some stuff maybe with like a little bit more varied of a sound in it um, yeah. kind of stacked up early. I, I get what you mean. I still think it's a really, really impressive example of that 2022 sound though. So it, it, yep. it deserves its spot there. Number five for me, uh, the Cleveland Rockdale from March 10th. Um, this was a really fun jam to be in attendance for as well. This was, this was a great show. Um, but this Rockdale was amazing. You know, they get into that gorgeous bliss jam uh, in the first part of the jam. And then as it's kind of fading, Peter keeps it going with that marimba sound, goes into this like driving groove. It's just really, really unique. Um, you know, not, not a theme that we see often at all um and then a great finish into rockdale at the end you know didn't feel forced at all it was just fantastic so you know i love this i feel like yeah like maybe it could be higher but i i i like it at number five i think it fits in this yeah i mean it's one of the best jams they played this year you know when, when you're talking about this stuff it's like kind of funny you know like we, we quibble over like one spot versus another yeah but like top five jam in 2022 <laughs> It's one of the greatest jams that Goose has ever played. Period. Correct. Right. Top ten, even arguably, right? 
they're all up there in the conversation for like one of the best jams that they've ever played. Um, I, I slot that Rockdale higher. Um, I think I'll just talk about it when we get to it. Um, yeah. And I can say why I put it there. What's your number five? Uh, oh, you're going to love this. Uh, so I have DC Mysteria at number five. Okay. Um, and the reason why I can't put this one higher, and I think everybody else has it higher than I do, is when I listen to it, there is a big section of it that is like a like a drip field jam. Yeah. And and that drip field jam does show up later on down the road in uh, a bunch of other kind of jams. And to me, that almost feels like a composed or pre-thought out section and isn't like improv, but it is. I don't know. I That's what knocks it down a little bit for me. It, it's... I mean, it's the second best Wisteria they've ever played. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, it's an amazing jam, but that's how it gets knocked down like a couple spots, right? Like, like what I was just saying, it's trivial to say like, oh, I'm bumping it down this much, you know, and it's, it's no like indictment on the quality of the jam or the song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's splitting hairs. Like at this point, top five, it's a very close margin in a lot of cases. And yeah, I, I have this Wisteria number four, um, you know, it was my number one for a while. And then eventually I caved to your shaming and I, I came around on. Uh, There's only one true winner of the Wisteria contest. Yeah, you know, but th th this was, th this is my favorite jam that I've ever been in attendance for, um, you know, in my current seven Goose shows. Um, absolutely blew my mind uh, that night, as everybody knows, um, you know, as given that there was no webcast that night and you guys getting texts from me, like this is the best jam of the year. Like this show is insane. Like you didn't believe me. Well, I mean, um, you could understand our skepticism. Uh, of course. Make, but... It makes sense. Get, you know, my first non Gooseman show, like there's going to be a fair amount of attendance bias. I think there still is, but this jam is amazing. I love it. You know, drip field section just, I think adds to it. I, I don't think it was, predetermined or composed at all i think that's just a theme that they stumbled on and just rolled with it and then took right. it you know into that amazing ending section where rick's just ripping it up like it's an amazing jam what do you have at number four uh number four i have legend valley all i need uh which i was in attendance for and uh, you know surprise you have it so low uh and, you know, maybe this is like a, a little bit of like attendance bias kind of, but like, I, I do think the three jams that I have above this mm -hmm. are like objectively better in, in my opinion, just because they have, I don't know, something that, that grabs me more than this one. This all I need is enormous. Right. And then, you know, there's a, a big chunk of this jam that actually isn't this jam. Um, it's, it's just a jam on uh, nice and white satin. Right. And then somehow gets like sucked into this jam and called like the second section of this all I need. So like that kind of part bumps it down a little bit for me. I mean, it's all spectacular. I, I mean, I was awestruck when I was there. It absolutely yeah. blew my mind. Um, and, you know, Daniel, who's, who's not with us today, but he was there right next to me during all of that. And we were losing it. It was just absolutely nuts. Yeah. That, that first jam is insane. <laughs> yep. I mean, I, well, I that's what that... it's all about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have that at number three. Um, yeah, it, as you said, incredible. You know, the, the dark theme, the evil theme that they hit on in the first jam reminds me of the San Francisco Wisteria, which obviously we'll talk to about when we get there. Yeah. Um, 
similar kind of theme, but just absolutely incredible. You know, they hit the peak. Obviously, it's a different vibe than the San Francisco Wisteria because Peter is on keys instead of guitar. Um, but yeah, like it's 35 minutes of absolutely top tier goose. Really incredible. Yeah, and like, you know, the the this special kind of darkness that shows up in This All I Need shows up in the, the DC Drive also. It's going to show yeah. up in a jam we're going to talk about in just a second. Uh, two of the jams we're about to talk about. Um, and it just seems like it's a, a theme that they hit on. And that section crushes every time they play it. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and then you've got the Cleveland Rockdale at number three, correct? I have Cleveland Rockdale at number three. And, you know, I, I think... This one being alongside my number two makes sense. It's a multi-section jam. I think it's got that bliss component, and then it's got you know a little bit of chaos. It has Peter doing that. You called it marimba vibe. I was like calling it vibraphone for a while, but um, I think either one is correct. Is that correct? All right. Well, no, I'm I'm asking your opinion because I have yeah, no I, idea I what I'm talking about when it comes yeah. to that stuff. Um, that part's cool. It's probably the one thing that sticks out most in your mind when you listen to this jam. Mm -hmm. Like it's like the the, yeah, I forget about how good the first Bliss Jam is. All well, right. I mean, that's what I was about to say. It's like that 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 one little section is the one you remember, but actually the, the true best parts of that come before and after, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's one that I go back to and listen to a bunch. It's, it's killer. It, it's such a good jam. And it has that variation that makes it interesting to kind of return to and listen to a bunch over and over. Uh, unlike, you know... Let's say like the the Portland Echo, which maybe I'm not going back to a whole ton because you know parts of it are challenging. Um, so interesting. All right, and then our top two, um, yep. you know, we agree on here, starting with number two, the Rally Modavon from June fifteenth. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Just what what a what a monster, what a monster of a jam that is. Um, you know, blows me away every time I listen to it, the way they get to that evil machine jam in the middle and then the way they transition, you know, Peter hits the keys, they transition into that bliss jam at the end and then come back around and finish strong. It's the goat, you know, we, we knew it right when they played it and it's held up incredibly over the last few months. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Brian and I, especially, and you have talked about this a lot uh, about this being kind of the, you know, like a new path for them, this bliss, like this chaos and bliss and juxtaposing these two kind of uh, very unique jamming styles in the same jams mm -hmm. or in the same songs. And, you know, this is, this is the perfect example of it. Uh, the bliss jam is amazing. And the, you know, the darkness, edgy, uh, like grimy jam is also amazing. Uh, everything just comes together in this one. And, you know, were it not for the number one, this would be like my most favorite jam ever, maybe. Uh, I, I just, I've listened to this so much and I can't stop listening to it because it's just so good. It doesn't get old at all. Nope. And then number one, to the surprise of no one, uh, the San Francisco Wisteria from January 30th. You know, sometimes I think like maybe we're rating this too high. And then I go back and I listen to it again. And I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> no. Yeah, like, I mean, it's... Holy shit. <laughs> I, 
I still, I think the thing that I'm having trouble wrapping my head around is like that thing happened in that moment and then there was nothing like it after. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, there are jams that kind of sound like it, but in terms of, of the, the unity that they were playing with in the moment in that jam, mm -hmm. I mean, it's the magic stuff. It's like why you listen to this type of music. Uh, this is the, the thing that, that should pull you in and, and you know, make you want to listen to this kind of stuff forever. This, you know, 20 years from now, probably going to talk about, you know, San Fran Wisteria, if there is still goose in 20 years and people are talking about it. Yeah. Uh, it's that good of a jam. And it's going to stand up for a very, very long time. I don't think there's like any point that you're going to go back and like say, oh yeah, like remember that? Like, I can't believe we thought that jam was good. This one's going to be one that I like, kind of stays up there and it's going to be, you know, to some degree or another, a yardstick that other jams are measured against for a really long time. You know, in the way that, you know, I think early on, like 2019, the um, like Jazz Cafe, All I Need, or in 2021, you know, AWS from Perry, that kind of stuff. Um, 2020, if you're me, you're measuring everything against Hosewood. Uh, right? uh, this is one of those jams, and it's going to stay in that conversation forever. Like, I hope they play another jam this year that's better than that jam. I think oh my God. they, they can. Know. Yeah. And like, <laughs> And if they do, I yeah, I, I'm just gonna run up and down, you know, the street, um, just talking about how good it is. I think I did that with uh, Raleigh Madavon and made a few enemies on Facebook because I was talking about how good it was. <laughs> like the night of the show, <laughs> I was like, I'm determined to hasty rank this because I want to prove how much I love this jam. But we uh, all we all immediately did though. I think we it was yeah. more like I think you were definitively like this is, and we we're just kind of like like. Is this the goal? Is like, is it happening? And you, you knew. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And so, yeah, I hope that happens again this year. Uh, but if it doesn't, you know, I'm cool with this one, like yeah. for a very long time. I, and, you know, this is one that I will always go back and listen to. And we've talked about this before too, like the, the efficiency of this one, this is 18 minutes, right? 18 I don't know minutes. the numbers. Yeah. I mean, to fit that amount of creativity in 18 minutes is just like amazing and exciting and, you know, when you think about a band that probably has not yet played their best notes, uh, that is a, a thing to be excited about because there's probably yeah. something even better coming soon. Yeah. Insane. And so yep. that's that's our top 10 jams of the year. Crazy. Now we've got another top 10 list uh, to take a look at, uh, which is our top 10 shows of the year. Um, shout out to Brian, who's not here. Um, obviously, his list is the correct one. And, you know, we're just trying to live up to his expectations. Um, but so we're going to count them down again, same as we did. Uh, number 10, I've got April 29th uh, in Asheville. Um, this is a really good show, you know, kind of a, a an up and down run, um, you know, at the end of April there, like Charleston was touch and go um, a little bit. Um, you know, Asheville was amazing. 420 Fest was solid. And, you know, Beale Street was a, festival set um but this Asheville show you know from the from the get-go you've got a solid echo to open you know really loose jive one uh you know you can tell they're in it from the beginning really long stretched out intro jam on that one this jive lee um i've ranked very high on my list um you know i had it at like i think 20 or 30 something should be there. Jam of the year list. Um, yep. It's amazing. Peter's synth playing really in in this whole show. The whole um, show. Yeah. Lively. Like, you know, they they barely even played a riff to start 
jively and they they're just they're in the jam it's very low key and just really really interesting stuff happening there um and then later on in the show you have the ashbird the Asheville redbird amazing jam again that synth playing from peter that build towards the end um really great you know another solid 2022 wisteria um you know you get a drip field that bridges the encore like it's it's an amazing show it's it's one of the most complete shows of the year for sure um i think that the highs don't reach you know the highs of the ones that i have higher on the list um it's interesting i think you know most of the stuff on my top 10 list has at least one jam in the top 10 um you know, this one doesn't, but it's still a really incredible show that should not be overlooked. What do you have at 10? Yeah. Um, so, you know what? Uh, when we were talking about, like, doing show rankings, like, show rankings, not my thing. Um, right. So, uh, in, honor, in honor of Brian, uh, I'm just going to go through his list. Um, because I mostly agree with it, except I want to talk about the parts where I disagree. Perfect. Uh, uh, I love disagreeing with Brian. So, so no, I well, so I... I I would like to think that Asheville actually is a top 10 show personally. Mm-hmm. And if I were to rank it anywhere, it would either be 10 or 11, but then that means you have to like kind of move some other shows around and like, we'll get to those in a minute. Um, but yeah, that Asheville show is a spectacular show. I, I really wanted to go to that one. I think that was like after a pretty long drought or of, of goose that we could go see here on it the was, East coast. Yeah. It was, it was six weeks off after winter tour where, you know, we were, we had, pretty much six weeks of consistent touring from them. Yep. And it was outside um, and it was the end of winter and boy, would that have been a fun show to go to. My brother got in his car and drove like, I don't know, it's like 14 hours to go to that show. And uh, yeah, you know, he was like texting me and he's like, "Hmm, I don't know if it's going to be a good show. Like, we'll see. And then of course that all happened and it was totally worth the drive. um, The Mm -hmm. 20 some odd hours driving that he did for it. But I'm with you, man. That Jive Lee is, is really, really good in that show. The Matavon in that show is really good. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Peter plays keys for the whole Matavon jam, which is, you know, a really unique vibe. Yeah, and, like, a lot of people left that show, and they were really excited about that Matavon. I think, uh, you know, it's kind of cooled off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it, it's still a very good one. It's worth listening to. It's not anywhere on my, like, top 64, but it's it's a great jam. Yeah, and what else is great in that show? Writing a novel, which I think is one of their best covers um, in terms of like just being like a, a tune to sing. Um, they they absolutely crush it every time they do it. I think this particular one has a little extra sauce in the solo, if I remember correctly. Um, and then they covered uh, Cinnamon, which is I think the last time they did that, um, which is you know crazy. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so yeah. So my, my actual 10, though, uh, if we're going to go off a Jive's list, is Raleigh. So um, that I have at number nine, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, we can kind of talk about those at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it it's, leads off with Hunger Sight, which, I mean, that's a hell of a show opener. Uh, and then Inside Out, which I don't necessarily love Spoon, but I love Goose's covers of Spoon. Uh, and this one is pretty great. Uh, Butterflies, which I think is a tune that has a lot of promise. We talked about that a ton like with Turbulence, which has a lot of uh, promise as well. And, uh, you know, Silver Rising is awesome anytime they play it. Um, The Matavon, right? As we just talked about, yes. Yeah. Yep. The Matavon. You know, second set, like with a Bob Don and an Arrow. uh, Redbird, which is always amazing, no matter what. 
Uh, that drive actually very very good in that Raleigh show. Oh my god, it's it's incredible. And this this was the first one. You know they've done it, I guess three times this summer where they kind of, you know, leave the song unfinished. Uh, you know Rick has that short solo before the the pre jam bridge, if you will. And in this version, you know he just they just take it out from that solo, never you know finish the song how we're used to. And so you know they're jamming out a different part of the song, which is interesting, but. Yeah, that drive is really fantastic. Um, somewhere around the upper middle of my list. Um, but yeah, this is a really incredible show. You know, as we mentioned, the, the Modifon. Mm. Bob Adavon. The High Adavon. energy, and yeah, that, that, as you mentioned, that turbulence and butterflies pairing in the first set, always a win. Yep. Always and so they jam out butterflies for 20 minutes, so I'm going to keep saying they should jam it out for 20 minutes. I, so my, I, my short list I of tunes, I need a 20-minute jam of that and lead the way. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Um, yep. Moving on from there, number eight, uh, we've got Bozeman uh, for me. Um, you know, th this show is like really close to a perfect goose show, I think. Uh, you know, first sets got jams in Walcott and, you know, the huge All I Need that we talked about earlier. Um, different arrangement of Silver Rising as they were still kind of working through it. Uh, second set, you know, you've got a great Elizabeth Moby pairing to open up. Cross-eyed Dragonfly, which was, you know, a totable, total audible pick from them. And then that this old C um, that we picked out, you know, out of my out of my top 10 jams, I think, you know, we both had a show that one show that had two jams in our top 10. This one was yours and, you know, DC yep. was mine. But I think also... You know, you had DC Drive just outside your top 10, and I have the Bozeman This Old Sea just outside my top 10. So overall, really strong pinnacle jams. And so the only thing I would change about this show is probably the encore, but it's incredible. Oh, don't hit on the encore. Uh, <laughs> it's not a bad song for an encore. I, I, I think Montana loves escape. Uh, hey, you know, I cut a, a Montana escape, and it... it it was all right. Uh, I, I think at the time I was less high on the song than I am now. Uh, I think like <laughs> I forget where we were talking about this, but Noah was like, "I saw you in the line for the bathroom uh, during that escape <laughs> in Montana, uh, the Montana yeah. summer Montana, not the the winter Montana." Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so where were we? Uh, so we're on number number this nine, is number eight, number eight. Um, Wait, did I do my nine? Oh no! Wait, what was your nine? Nashville, two. You have Nashville two. Okay, that's my bad. I I forgot you had rally at ten, not nine. Yeah, yeah. I think well, because I did two there. I talked about Nashville being my eleven. Right. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm sure Nashville's probably in your top ten, isn't it? It is. No? Yes. Yeah. I have okay. It slightly higher. Um, I mean, this show's got a lot of a lot of stuff to kind of circle back to, but it's that Rich second I set. Mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of good giant leads this year, a bunch of good yeah. ones. Uh, but that second set is just bananas Echo over Rose, Rosewood Heart Echo over Rose, Arcadia Redbird, and then you know, State of the Art, which I will never stop saying is just like one of the best covers that they do, even though I just yeah. got done saying that I really like two other covers that they do. Yeah, um, and then but, you know, a drip, and then a drip. Yeah, I mean, it's just that that second set's just perfect. There's no lows, right? It's It's just all bangers. Yeah. So. Amazing. 
Yeah, yep. it, it, it's it's so good. No, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to it. And then what do you have at number eight? So this is, again, like I'm going off of Brian's rankings here. Controversial like, pick. I, I don't know if I agree with this being here, but I did say at the time that I, I thought this was like one of the finest selected set lists that I've seen them do. I think in execution, it didn't really sound as, as good as maybe it looks on paper, but you know, people have their own criticisms of, criticism of the show, but I'm talking about Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Red Rocks at number eight, um, you know, super high points of that show would be, you know, Hunger Sight, Tumble, uh, Animal. And then of course, you know, the, the Arrow that started the second set and then Blood Buzz Ohio. And then, you know, this section actually is pretty controversial, right? They, they do three covers um, basically in no time, right? And yeah. three covers and four songs. I think that actually like rubbed a, pe- a lot of people the wrong way. And no uh, drip. Well, and no drip feels, right? And, and you know, we talked about this at length on our yeah. August leg recap episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, and I'll, I'll say this again, and I said it on that show, like you can't look at a set list and say it's bad because of the songs that weren't played. It's true. It, it, like it's just not, there, there, it doesn't make any sense. Of, yeah. You know, drip at Red Rocks. Right, right. Um, so you know, I, I get, I get why people are upset about. Yeah, that. yeah. That that and show doesn't make my top ten. I think you know partially because that you know second set run of those covers. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really really great in execution. You know, great Red Rocks debut for the band, and so. And he was there. You know, sometimes attendance bias happens. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm gonna say this again too. I think it does deserve to be in top tens one because the set list is outrageously good mm-hmm. and two, because it's like their first Red Rock show. Yeah. So that's, that's one that needs to be remembered. Um, yeah. And you know, it's not like they tank the show. I just think it's folks true. are hypercritical because they wanted it to be something more. Yeah. And you know, there wasn't 20 minutes of this one song that they really wanted, but <laughs> you know, it's like slice off 20 minutes of that show anywhere you want it. I don't know. It's still a great show. Yeah, it is. So, um, next, I have at number seven, uh, Nashville, too. You know, we talked about it already. Yep. Strong, jively in the first set. That second set's about as perfect as you can get with a second set. Yep. Amazing. What do you, what's yeah. number seven for you? Uh, Dylan, two. Um, which, this one, you know, this, this, this might be Brian's attendance bias thing, attendance bias thing, but um, I, I think this deserves to be here. It's got a lot of a lot of great stuff. That half step mm-hmm. that they play in the show is spectacular. That Born is one of the top 15 jams of the year. Uh, the Wisteria Lane is really spectacular. And then you get a whole bunch of just other amazing tunes, right? Mm-hmm. You get a Rockdale, you get a Madavon. Um, they played Switchin'. They didn't open with it. So, you know, that knocks it down a few. Would have been the number but one. But the organ story. solo. Yes, that's right. Yeah. The the no guitar Switchin', right? Oh. But it's just the... Yeah. All Oregon. You're the only only Goose fan, I think, who noticed that. Or like maybe like Pete's mom. Hey, people people <laughs> noticed. I was I, the only one that like absolutely lost his shit over it, I think. Um I, I just I guess I don't think about stuff like that in, in yeah. tunes where like, you know, what, what <laughs> instrument is Peter playing in like one song versus another? Yeah. Um so I, I, I missed it in the moment. I didn't even notice it until you pointed it out. But yeah, uh any switching is a good switching. I have that one at number six, actually. Um, 
that first set to me is like a perfect first set. Yep. You know, it, it's, it's just so good. The second set, you know, outside of Wisteria does lack a little bit, um, I think, but it's still really amazing show. Um, the best of the three Colorado shows so far this year, I think. That's fair. Yeah. I think it's a, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, yeah. And I don't think there's any like, debating that. Yep. Yeah. What do you have at number six? Uh, Bozeman. Bozeman. And, you know, uh, Bozeman has got a lot of good stuff. Uh, it does have two of, you know, the top, like, 12 jams of the year, in my opinion. Uh, it has an amazing version of W.S. Walcott Medicine Show. Uh, it has a Moby in it, and that always makes a show pretty awesome. The cross-eyed and painless and the dragonfly in the show is outrageous. Um doesn't actually land in my top 64, but now that we're talking about it, I don't know. Should it? It. I mean, it's they don't count together for the... Well, right. Um, but the cross-eyed is very good. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't play it nearly as much as I, I wish they would, but I understand why they don't. But that this old C really makes the show kind of stick out. It's, it's amazing. It's yeah. Such an amazing version of the song. And like relatively unique. I think there are other some pretty like weird this old seas. I'm trying to think. Was it Floyd Fest that has like an yeah. all out like funk jam this old loose ends jam? Yeah, um, the, the loose ends in it. Yep, yep. Yeah, really, really, and then, really good. I think you know it's it's been it hasn't jammed really since Bozeman as much. Oh, actually, Philly, Philly was really good. Yep, that's true. Like yeah, the, the screaming Peter. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, <laughs> that that that's a fun one. Yeah, uh, moving sure. on to number five, uh, I've got DC Night One. Um, you know, I love this show. We've talked about it. Drive, uh, Wisteria and Pancakes, all like all time versions, really strong Madhavan, uh, you know, I wish covers super fun. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, I love it. It's, it's an incredible show. What do you have at five? I also have DC one. Uh, and I like, like agree. That's, that needs to be there. Yes. When you think about what the top five shows of the year are, and I think all of, the rest are going to be pretty spot on for the two of us. And like, I think mm -hmm. anybody who listens to a lot of goose, this is like, if, if you want to talk about tiers, this is tier one and tier one begins here with this DC one. Uh, I mean, yeah. Three all time jams in a show. Yeah. And no low points, right? Like what's your low point in the show? Like the unfinished mist, unfinished mist. And like, who's going to be pissed about that when you're going to, I wish, which is an incredibly rare cover. Yeah. And a good one too. The jam and, in this and then, is, and, and that I wish is like really good. Yeah. yeah. And then Wisteria right after that. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then yeah. honestly, they like they pick one of my favorite, you know, post big jam landing pad songs, which is Your Ocean. And then from there, they go immediately into a 20 minute pancakes. Right. And then cool off of the doobie, uh, which exactly. is, so I mean, another incredible rarity, right? So when they sat down and wrote this set list, they were like, let's play some stuff and like give people a real treat. Yeah, and uh, you know, you, you got that. I wish you got that Tubi, and they went out there. They went out there to jam, did. right? Yeah, second they song. Were, they were blowing off steam post arena show. Right. right. Yeah, I don't think anybody thought that was going to be the show that it was, and which is why nobody believed you yeah. when you were saying it was. Uh, you know, when I was losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, when you were saying it was so good because it, yeah, it's just was you know it's a kickoff and you know who really knew what was going to happen. So. Yeah. Crazy. From yep. there, I've got at number four, uh, Cleveland, March 10th. Yep. Another really strong show. You know, you open with a almost 30-minute tumble into writing a novel. 
you know, you got a Bob Don with in the first set. Uh, you've got that Rockdale that we talked about uh, earlier. And then that second set just absolutely flows perfectly. You've got Echo into Mist, which is amazing. That Mist gets, you know, really, uh, really disco misty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you know, we get Old Man's Boat gets really funky perfectly into Use Me. And then, you know, a huge drip field to end it off. And then, you know, the Billy Strings sit in fake out was uh, fun. Yeah, I got burned um, on that one. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was an amazing show to be at as well. Um, but yeah, just a really strong show overall. Again, no real low points for me. Right. And again, this is the, the tier one of shows, right? So yeah. not much separates these three shows other than like purely subjective ideas about what you like and don't like. Mm. Uh, this one is, if you're like thinking about just like straight up mid-run shows, this one kind of stacks against Philly too. And you talk about what makes those different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other ones in the top four are kind of set apart for different reasons. But this one, the first set is absolutely killer first set. Um, bookended by two incredible jams. Uh, yeah. That tumble, amazing. Um, and then that Rockdale, super amazing. Yeah. Uh, so that set is is absolutely outrageous, and like you said, that second set is so good. The old man's boat, about half of that old man's boat jam, is just a journey to get to use me, and it's so fun to Glad, listen to. Man. Oh man, it's so good! It's so good just to to have like listen to them find their way into use me, and then use me is I don't know long before I listened to Goose, I loved that jam. Yeah, but that's all, brother. It's great. Number three. Um, oh wait, sorry. Did you say you also have that at number four? Yes, sir. Number uh, three, and then, yeah, of course. Are, yeah, go ahead. Number three, I've got uh, Legend Valley Night One, June tenth. Yeah. I think our top fives are the same. Um, yeah, we'll see but, who has the same number one. I, I yeah. deviated from from Brian a little bit on this, but yeah, I, I know you do. I, I'm yeah. I think Brian and I have the same top five, um, at least. But Legend Valley Night One, like you know, we talked about the creatures and the all I need earlier. It's a phenomenal show. Just front to back, amazing. You know, you got the, the debut uh, of Turbulence Butterflies also, I think, or was that a yes. different show? No, uh, I think that was. No, there's it no. It was, yeah. No, oh, yeah, no, that was the first Turbulence. You got that Creatures, amazing yeah. half step in the first set. Yep. You know, we've got Dark Horse Dragonfly, the return of Dark Horse's original arrangement. Thank you. E old dark um, yeah. Yes, and then you know Jive Two coming back in the encore for the first time in like fourteen shows, which you know its longest gap tied for its longest gap since like the beginning of twenty nineteen, which you know doesn't seem like that long ago, but it's a long time ago considering how many times they've played it since. Yeah, that, I mean that was when we were talking about gaps a lot, right? Was yeah. like around then, and like nobody could believe that that Jive Two was you know on the shelf for that long which is crazy yeah, and that like, dark horse too was like a crazy long time in between versions yeah it was like um, before when it, when they started playing it it was like oh like there it is <laughs> yeah right um yeah the, the funny thing is butterflies i guess that was goose's debut of it but in my mind it's not the first because i actually heard peter play it at and blue with great blue tuck it mm-hmm. um and so, like, I just in my mind, I never think of that as the debut. And when they started playing it, I was like, oh, I know this song. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's a spectacular show. I had such an amazing time at this show. 
Uh, we've talked about that a bunch. Uh, I stayed in like a little tiny house behind the stage that I was lucky enough to get. Um, and uh, it was both comfortable and, uh, you know, just quiet enough to actually survive Legend Valley. Yeah. I think I'm getting a little too old to kind of uh, like Gen Pop cam for shows <laughs> like that. But uh, yeah, man, what a show. What a weekend. Um, there, there, are, there are no lows in this show and the highs are so incredibly high. Uh, it's, I mean, yeah, it's an all timer. Yeah. Number two, uh, I've got Radio City Night 2. Um, what, what can I say about this show that hasn't been said? You know, you got the acoustic set, you got that amazing red bird, you got the tray, <laughs> like, right. it, it's amazing. I, I feel like I, I might be overinflating the impact of the tray sit in a little bit, uh, with the ranking here, but it, it, I think it earns this number two spot, you know, I, it's amazing. I, I mean, I, I think so too. I, I don't have Radio City at number two. I actually have Philly at number two. Um, yeah. and, and we can talk about Radio City as to why. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you can talk about like the content of the show and, you know, like how long the show is. I know like Brian does that, like when he talks about like how he ranks shows, and, like, oh, it's so many minutes versus like this show and it's so many minutes. But, you know, the content of Radio City, it, it, is, it is a landmark show. We might not talk about Philly two, maybe three years from now, but we are going to talk about Radio City for the lifetime of this band, right? It is a turning point. It is a, a, a true milestone show for the band. To me, that bumps it all the way up to number one. I, I, I don't, I, I don't even see I, I the already, I can, I can hear Brian in the back yeah. of my head being like, wow, what are you doing ranking shows for this year based on historical significance? But I, I, I mean, it, it, this is the, the outlier. This is the one that you have to do it with because it did yeah. change everything. They sold out Radio City Music Hall. They, they had Trey on, which changed everything. Everything has changed since then, in my opinion. You know, It's all the same music and everything like that, but there's a hell of a lot more attention these days yeah. on the band. So We'll see what happens in November. Yeah, um, um, but like, let's talk about Radio City though for a sec. Uh, yes, like the actual songs that they played because it's worth mentioning. Um, you know, in that that acoustic set, they played uh, "Wake Up," uh, which is an Arcade Fire song. Which long before I ever even heard of Goose, I loved Arcade Fire and loved that song. Atlantic yeah. City is probably one of the best acoustic covers that they do. Yeah, so uh, "Wake Up" was actually that was a 472 show bust out for that <laughs> last played February 20th, 2015. And Which Atlantic is amazing. City was 108 shows. And like when they play covers like that, it, it makes me wonder like if this band was like somehow like cosmically made for me. Like I've manifested this somehow, like with my musical taste. Because like like I like I love jam music, love indie rock, like listened to a lot of Arcade Fire, you know, like 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and now there's like a band of like guys who are, you know, younger than I am playing playing this music and it's outrageous. You know, same thing goes for like Blood Buzz Ohio or you know, um, like Inside Out, I guess, even though I just got done saying I don't really like Spoon, but, uh, you know, it's a whole genre of music I, like, absolutely wore out um, that has no connection to the jam scene whatsoever. So that's pretty cool. And, um, you know, there are some standout versions of songs in this show that have nothing to do with, with Trey. Um, you know, like, the writing a novel with Father John Misty, like we talk about it like the Trey show, but like Father John Misty was there, incredibly accomplished musician out there trading verses with Rick 
on one of his like most popular songs. Like that's absolutely insane. Um, Agreed. <laughs> like so that that catapults us to the top. If you want to just like get down to brass tacks and say like, well, note for note, like what's the better show? Maybe it's Philly too, but Radio City is just nuts. I don't know. So there yeah. it is. So, so my number two is Philly and my number one is Radio City. Yeah, that's fair. Philly for me, you know, for a while I was doubting, like, is it as good as the ranking would suggest it is? And then I would look at the set list and then I would listen to it again and be like, yeah. That first set is just, you know, relentless from that. All I need is 25 minutes of just power. You know, it, it, the third best all I need of the year, mind you, but still incredible uh you know cali magic dr darkness and you know another 20 minutes of redbird yeah incredible yeah. you know it's it's efficient you know it's four songs it's an amazing set and then yep. you know and then you get the second performance of hunger sight so it was still a pretty new tune at this point um amazing jam one of the top versions for sure you know please forgive me um and then you get arcadia which is a really solid version, you know, continuing the trend of getting that slow ending in the mix. Fish in the Sea, this old sea with that, you know, cackling jam that we were talking about. And yep. then, you know, 25 minutes of Factory Fiction and 20 sure, minutes of Arrow in the Encore. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Like, th this this is about as close to a perfectly written set as it's going to get. Right? Like, what's, what's your low point in the set? Like, what, what's a drag? You know, Doctor <laughs> Darkness, I guess. Um, I they like got to play song. a slower number, and I, I, I really think... like Doctor Darkness personally. Yeah, same. Uh, or like, you know, I, you know, it's not all jams, I guess. Is my point. Kelly yeah. Magic and Doctor Darkness, maybe. Uh, but it's another one of those bookended sets. Like we're, when we're talking about Cleveland, uh, and you think about those amazing sets uh, when you juxtapose those two shows. That all I need Redbird bookend is outrageous. Yeah, it's so good. And then that second set, killer cover with "Please Forgive Me," uh, "Fish in the Sea." Also, I, "Fish in the Sea" is an indicator of just a, a great show. I think mm -hmm. they slide it into some of their best shows. Uh, and then you know, "Factory Fiction." Folks get psyched about that. I don't yeah. think I'm one of those people, but uh, I'll take 25 minutes of "Factory Fiction" any day. Yeah, it's a really great jam. And that brings us to the close of our top 10 jams and top 10 shows of the year so far. Um, you know, it's unfortunate we couldn't have all five of us here today to talk about this stuff, but I'm very much looking forward to doing many live broadcasts over the next few weeks as Goose gets back on tour. As a reminder to anybody who didn't know or maybe forgot, we will be live right here at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern, day after every Goose show uh, coming up this fall. So join us. Uh, if you are attending a show and you would like to be a guest on always almost there live, please send us a DM on social media or email us at aatgoosepod at gmail.com. We're looking for some amazing people to come on and share their experiences from the shows. We're very excited to get going on these live recaps. I'm excited for goose to, you know, play some shows again. I don't know about you. Yeah. How many shows do you see uh, three. I'm going to Austin for a week, so I'm catching Stubbs and both ACL sets. Uh, very excited. Are you catching any on this tour? Or Not until Taboos. Okay. Um, then I'm going to do three, possibly four. Uh, maybe I'll just like ride with you and your family. Uh, I'm, I'm planning on top of the car for Taboos right now. <laughs> uh, 
and then, you know, of course, Goosemas, right? We're all going to be there. I almost booked oh, my yeah. tickets today for Goosemas. I haven't done it yet. My, my plane tickets. And uh, and then, yeah, we'll see if I end up in Cincinnati. I don't know. I'd like to. You never so, know. I, I'm stoked, Anything though. I, I, you know, we've talked about it a bunch. I think it's a lot's going to change uh, after this, this little tour. Um, like, venues are going to get bigger. I, I think the idea of like certain types of venues are going to be out the window mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be super fun to see all this. So pretty awesome that you're getting to those ACL shows. Yeah, That's pretty I'm, great. I'm excited. That'll be fun. Um, a reminder to everybody, uh, check out uh, Evergio Wellness, uh, today's sponsor, um, functional mushroom supplements. Um, really, really incredible stuff. Uh, I've been using the lion's mane uh, focus ones for a little while now, and they are awesome. Uh, you can order online. They ship anywhere in the U.S. or Canada. Uh, if you use code STORMSOUND15 at checkout, you can get 15% off your order. So that's pretty cool. Um, thank you again, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Always Almost There Live. We will see you next week uh, right here as tour kicks off. Have a fantastic day. See you next time. Thanks for watching. Hey, music fans. We wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fund run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com, for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.